Many of us were taught that religion is pointed upwards, as if this life is oriented towards trying to get to heaven in the next life. This type of religion emphasizes following certain rules and doing things a specific way so that you will be as close to perfect as you can be and God will love you and you will get into heaven. I hope you know that nothing you do will make God love you any more or any less. God loves you, full stop. But it's not only religion that's pointed upwards. It's life itself. We spend our lives chasing more success, more clout, more power, more money, all in an effort to craft an identity for ourselves. I once heard it said that if we're not careful, we risk spending our lives climbing the ladder of success only to find once we reach the top that our ladder has been leaning against the wrong wall. This upward orientation, both in religion and in life, is a game that we will never win. The journey is inward, not upward. But make no mistake, the inward journey is the most challenging. Our gospel this morning begins with Jesus saying, I came to bring fire to the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. Jesus sounds abrasive and threatening. I want to point out, however, that fire does two things. It destroys, but it also renews and strengthens. The health of a forest, for example, is dependent upon periodic burning. Fire is what forges metal, improving its strength, hardness, and toughness. Jesus follows this up by saying, I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. These statements about fire and baptism are connected. Jesus was baptized with water by John in Luke chapter 3. We are reading from chapter 12. Jesus is not talking about water baptism here. In his book, Falling Upward, A Spirituality for the Two Halves of Life, Richard Rohr argues that our spiritual lives have two stages, which are not dependent upon age. We spend the first half of our life trying to establish ourselves by climbing achieving, and performing. And then something rocks our world. We experience some kind of falling, Father Roar writes. We lose our job or our savings or our reputation. Someone we love dies. Our house is flooded. We receive a diagnosis. Something happens that we weren't planning for and it tips our world on its head. What we thought we had figured out about life and our spiritual life no longer works or makes sense in the same way. I believe that entering the second half of life is the baptism by fire that Jesus is referencing 
a fire that will destroy whoever we thought we were, while simultaneously refining and strengthening who we are meant to be. Neither our lives nor our spiritual lives are static. Change is the only constant. Crisis can descend upon us in unexpected places, but so can clarity, growth, transformation. What's required of us is that we show up for all of it and be willing to stretch ourselves in ways that we did not expect. It's through being broken apart that we're broken open. It's through touching the bottom that we better understand which wall our ladder should lean against. It's through our false selves being burned down that our true selves are forged. Renditions of this message are found throughout the stories of our tradition. Our Old Testament reading is from the book of Jeremiah. Because of his opposition to war, Jeremiah is thrown down into a cistern. He literally journeys downward before he's pulled back up. The last line of this morning's passage from Hebrews describes Jesus enduring the cross before experiencing the resurrection. It is death that leads to new life. Continuing along in our gospel, Jesus gets even more pointed. Do you think that I've come to bring peace? I've come to bring division. Father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother. In Matthew, Jesus says, I come not to bring peace, but a sword. Jesus makes it abundantly clear that living out God's values is going to be challenging. His radical message will require us to reimagine our lives. I've long admired the spiritual maturity of our bishop, Marianne Buddy. Bishop Marianne oversees the 90-some-odd Episcopal churches here in D.C. and in the surrounding Maryland counties. She's done so for more than a decade now. Some time ago, Bishop Marianne was a guest on a podcast called Meditative Story, during which she reflected upon facing three separate challenges in her life. Her willingness to reimagine what might be possible and to be open to God in that process has given me a lot to think about in regards to what it means to be resilient in the face of challenges. The interview begins with Bishop Marianne describing a circumstance in her early adulthood during which she struggled with her sense of purpose. She felt like giving up. She asked herself, what am I doing here? Does it have to be this hard? And ultimately, she felt as if God responded to her by saying, you're not alone, I'm with you. You're in the right place, just accept it. You are meant to stay right here where you are, being stretched beyond your capacity. It's not gonna be easy, but that's not the point. What matters is that you show up. So she continued to show up. Years later, after becoming a mother and a priest, and at a point in her life when she was struggling with her vocation, 
Bishop Marianne was processing with a group of colleagues and she shared this guidance from earlier in her life that life is hard. On this occasion, however, someone responded to her by saying, I don't know if it has to be this hard. You should ask for help. Let me help you. This comment set into motion a whole new journey for Bishop Marianne, this one guided by the help and support of other people. A third moment brought her to yet another turning point, this time feeling as if she needed to make a big decision regarding a relationship. Bishop Marianne recounts going on a bike ride and asking God for direction when tears began to flow. She had a visceral understanding that there was no answer to her question, and that to her was the message that she should not make such a big decision without clarity. Her problems didn't disappear, but the weight of the decision felt lighter and she found herself able to be present again. Bishop Marianne's want to be vulnerable and honest with herself brought her to three different conclusions about three different issues at three different times in her life, each gifting her with the resilience to meet that particular moment and each helping her lean further into her true self. In her book, Option B, Sheryl Sandberg reflects, resilience comes from deep within us and from support outside us. It comes from gratitude for what's good in our lives and from leaning into the suck. It comes from analyzing how we process grief and from simply accepting that grief. Sometimes we have less control than we think, other times we have more. I've learned that when life pulls you under, you can kick against the bottom, break the surface, and breathe again. What do we do when the path ahead is harder than we envisioned? How do we respond when things don't go the way that we want them to? We were reminded this morning that the second half of life will baptize all of us. But it can also contribute to us becoming the truest versions of ourselves. The journey is inward, it's not upward. And although this journey will be challenging, when we choose to be vulnerable and honest with ourselves and to reimagine what might be possible alongside God, we will discover the resilience to meet each particular moment, to further lean into our true selves, to kick against the bottom, break the surface, and breathe again. In the name of God. Amen.